Hello and welcome back to another episode of the QCC. I'm Sarah, joined by Carson Fletcher today. And we also have one of Charlotte's, I think, coolest artists, Miss Meredith Connolly. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me, you guys. It's a pleasure. We're so we're so excited. I think I've seen since I found you, I've seen your name just pop up in every article and you're just all over the place and we never knew it. So we're excited to hear your story and who you are. Um, let's jump right into it. Like, what do you do? <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm an artist that kind of wears two hats, uh, multidisciplinary. Uh, I work in large scale illuminated installation uh, using industrial materials, uh, but I also work with uh, paper and cut paper works based off of microscopic organisms. So I'm inspired by science, nature, and technology. Um, I'm a big nerd, and so I, I really love uh, bridging um, science and nature into art and kind of interweaving those disciplines. I feel like, so the thing that caught my attention when I first read about you was the you're inspired by nature and science and art. And that's not something we hear a lot about. Mm -hmm. When I hear science, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've always been a really hands-on person. Even from the time I was a child, I was like in the mud and building mounds and I don't know, catching little animals and things like that. And so, um, I mean, by the time I was 11, my parents got me a microscope for Christmas. Uh, so I was already very exploratory with the science piece. Um, and that, that combined with my mom playing with ceramics, we had a kiln on our back porch. So that was just something that is very um, integrated into my development as a human being. Uh, and it just snowballed from the time I was little. Uh, I think I really realized um, that it was something I was interested in when I was in biology class in college. And I was looking through the microscope at a plant cell and it wasn't exploring it um, from a scientific perspective as much as the aesthetics behind it and automatically thinking about uh, the beauty and the structural integrity that it that it had and scaling that up. And so it, it just started to expand from there. I'm looking at this microscopic you know, form and imagining it giant on a wall. Uh, and so it took several years before I would even call myself an artist after that point, but uh, that was definitely a, a, you know, a moment in, uh, in time that was really developmental for me. Yeah, I love that. So you had that moment in high school with your biology class. Did you have a moment with the art? Yes. And you got enmeshed. Uh, so I've kind of had a non-traditional background. <laughs> I actually left, um, school when I was 17 and moved to France. So I, um, I went there, I completely immersed myself in the culture and I was like a museum rat. And it's hilarious like looking back because you know I see this like parallel path between the science and the art. And I just was so, um, you know, I was 17 years old. I, I, you know, I loved art. I quietly made it in my sketchbooks and in my room, but it wasn't something that I was open to sharing with other people. And I think that that, um, that time for me with the art piece was huge. Uh, I would get out of class and I would go straight to the museums. In France, when you're under 18, you get in for free. So awesome, I yeah. like would just go and sketch sculptures and um, spend you know sections in the Louvre or, or Musée d'Orsay <laughs> or things like that. And, and it really did um, impact me. I was learning hands-on that way. Um, so that was a huge, a huge um, developmental piece for me. I think beyond that, when I was in college, I took a sculpture class. And 
it was really the first time that I had attempted to create something site-based. Uh, I saw an installation piece in a book by Eva Hess, and she's this amazing, like, minimalist, feminist, even though she didn't want to be called feminist, sculptor. <laughs> sculptor. Uh, and I just, she had used these translucent industrial materials, something that, like, I still use and it really impacted me from a material standpoint. So I think those were the dots that kind of connected my path. Um, and I, you know, I was a single mom in college too. So I, I worked a lot of jobs and yeah. put myself through art school. And I think that that just made it um, that mo- that much more impactful for me um, because I just put my skin in the game. And, and my school and my work was really my, you know, my outlet and my way of expressing myself. And it still is, so. I want to go back to the, the yeah, France sorry. part. France, like, yeah, like, you, you sorry, so, I'm such a talk. You, you such so a casually, <laughs> it was just like, yeah, just so I just, I just went to France and then I learned everything. Like, how did that even come about? I mean, it almost sounds like a movie. It's like a it's, kid runs off to France to learn about art. It, it, it maybe sounds glamorous in one sentence, but, <laughs> um, I, you know, I it's one of those, like, disclaimers, like, kids stay in school. It's not for everybody <laughs> things, but I... I definitely, um, my mom and my former, kind of like a stepdad figure, um, he was German and French. And so we had the opportunity to travel quite a bit growing up. And so we were actually um, sitting around a table and he's like, if you could go anywhere and live there, where would you go? And without a beat, it was, I would go to Paris and I would just be with the art. Yeah. And, you know, of course, five years later, I finally said I was an artist. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that from that conversation, um, we really started looking into things. And I was able to find an internship and I took some classes to speak the language. And then my internship, they were great. I think I worked too quickly. So I had a lot of free time. <laughs> That's They're awesome. like, we've run out of things for you to do and go have fun in the city. I was like, Great. Yeah, that sounds okay. like the dream. <laughs> it was. It was amazing. Um, you know, I like I said, I I actually so I was a single mom in college. So I had my daughter Ava, who's seventeen now, when I was nineteen years old, a week after my nineteenth birthday. So I really look at that time in France as a really formative, maturing time for myself, mm-hmm. uh, where most people would have maybe that more traditional collegiate path, where that's where they kind of develop. I think I kind of developed that in in Europe and during my time there. That's a beautiful story though. And I love what you just said about just to be with the art. That seems like so (laughs) simple, but I mean, it's true. You just immerse yourself with the art, the, the Paris, the art that's in Paris. And then the Mecca of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like how could you not be inspired? And oh my gosh. And, and, you know, I think it's even beyond that, you know, that just as, as a culture there, I mean, their food is art, just walking on the (laughs) cobblestone streets is art. I mean, I, didn't even like coffee and I would just be like well I have to drink coffee I have to, <laughs> just the thing you I do, have to yeah. go like sit at a cafe and drink coffee and you know sketch in my sketchbook so it, it was just a very special time and um, I have been back since I was back when I was pregnant with my little one Piper who's now five and it was just as magical then even yeah. after all those years so yeah I feel like you'd see a new thing every day probably right yes <laughs> and I was I was the explore like I was adventurous and I explored and I lived in an area that didn't have a lot of monuments or you know tourist attractions so like you know they had a weekly market where I would practice my terrible French and they (laughs) and I got to know that neighborhood and so I I really feel like those individuals at the market and the grocery store and the bakery they really helped me learn the language and communicate uh, without you know having to do that at school I mean I did take the language classes but I learned more from the people than 
than that. How do you see some of the things maybe you experienced over there translating over to the art you've created now? Oh man, that's a good question. That's so <laughs> that's a deep one. It's yeah. a de- it is deep. I think because it it was so foundational in just it was almost like taking the top off my brain. You know, like mm-hmm. it was like taking yeah. it off and really like open my my eyes um, to just the intricacies of art, just the vastness of it, um, and not always, you know, putting something on a wall, which I also do. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I think it's needed and we we need to live with our work. Uh, but it really uh, opened my eyes to scaling up and thinking beyond, um, beyond you know, a frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and beyond that, that, it, that people do it. You know, like, I think that there are so many naysayers when yeah. it comes to, I'm going to be an artist. Like, yeah. you don't hear a lot of people like, you're going to make a great career out of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and so I hope that um, my story is a reminder that you really just dedicate yourself to your calling. And if you feel it in your gut that it's something that you're meant to do, you shouldn't, you shouldn't deny that. Just keep working towards that. Um, so I think that that's what, when I look back on it, that's how it's impacted my, my work is like, all right, you can do this. It, it just always reminded me of this is this is where I feel most at home. Yeah, is in this space, and that that means something to me. Yeah. So I want to get into like the the projects that you've done in the Charlotte area. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've done the lights at the Whitewater Center for the past two years. Yes, this was year two, which is really exciting. Yeah. So lights is a half a mile trail um, on the grounds of the Whitewater Center here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It um, the first year I did a series of 15 illuminated interactive installations. This year uh, we did 12, um, but we scaled them up. So first year it was, there were so many things that I was learning, you know, that was my first public project. I went from installing one site-based install inside in a gallery or a museum uh, to completely bridging over to outdoor work, which was, you know, and 15 giant installation for everyone to see it <laughs> it was you know the other thing that that's so amazing to me is like that's I mean I didn't lack the concepts or the ideas it was just that amazing serendipitous moment where I had the resources and the opportunity to share it um, and I think that you know from the first year to this year I learned a lot and I'm still learning and I think that's what's so special so year one was really um, I designed everything off of the landscape, and that that's something that that is with both seasons. Um, I'm, like I said, extremely inspired by nature, so everything that you would see on the trail from my designs was uh, from things that inspired me walking and hiking on that trail. Um, I'm completely obsessed with fungal formations and mushrooms and um, vines and, and things sometimes that people would pass by based on the scale or how tiny they are. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really special to have the opportunity to play with those forms and, and make them larger than life. Um, and it's such a reminder to kind of slow down and look at what's right beneath our feet. I think there's like a whole other world that a lot of times we miss. Um, so that's kind of, for me, kind of the magic behind the lights experience and that it's very rare that viewers walk the same path the artist walks from Mm -hmm. start to finish. There's this kind of beautiful circle of, okay, this is where it starts and this is kind of how it comes to fruition that I think is really uh, creatively intriguing. Um, And then you get to the technical stuff with like the electrical uh, components and, you know, calculating amperage and that's where the science and then that part of it kind of comes into my, um, my wheelhouse as well. Yeah. 
I mean, I think people just take for granted the the scope of everything and how much planning it goes into <laughs> it. And like, it's it's your personality in these lights and every single one of them, it's, it's a little bit of you. Right. And, and I mean, that's, there's over this year, we, with what we fabricated this year, there's over 400 individual objects or 400 sculptures. Um, and I say we, when I say we, I had a team of um, 11 people involved, not including Whitewater Center mm -hmm. crew that were amazing with suspending things and helping. So it really is a, a team effort to bring something that large to life. Um, but each one, each one of those objects is, is touched with intention and care and created specifically uh, by me. So uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty amazing thing when I, when I really think about it, which sometimes I don't always stop to think about. So thanks for, <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, but you know, we, we all worked all summer for this season uh, and you know, install takes at least three weeks to get oh, everything gosh. up, so. There's a lot of what is, behind what the is like your your creative process going into that because I, I know you said like you walk the trail and yeah. you wanted stuff to mission are you like did you walk the trail and you're like you know some mushrooms would be good over there maybe like a big like <laughs> uh, I don't the big thing in the sky I don't even know what to call it but like yeah. you're like that could go there like what how do you go about that um, it seems really inherent and natural for me mm -hmm. I think because it is my process but uh, I am a visual a visualizer so sometimes I'll look at a space and it'll come quickly like, oh, I want to put 200 mushrooms here. <laughs> and, that's how, and that's how it happens. And so I, I'm also, I try to balance that with being open to shifting where things might go. Um, I'm really inspired by the landscape itself because when you think about, uh, you know, I, when, I, when I designed things inside, I was designing off of architectural elements in a space. So an interesting corner, a beam, something like that. There is so much architecture in nature that's just organic and really unique and asymmetrical. And I think that those are some things that I look at when I start thinking about how I want to place things. So if there's a really interesting dip down on a slope on one of the, um, the landscapes where it kind of dips down into a valley form, uh, for me, I think about how that would be curious when you approach it because you can't really see the anything but like the cast light mm -hmm. until you stumble upon it and look down so yeah, yeah. so those are things I play with and I walk the trail at least three times a week if not more mm -hmm. um, the first year it was every day <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and that I think is a reminder as well of of kind of trying to approach it with fresh eyes and being set with designs but also flexible if something comes up as you go along with the fabrication process. I mean, this season I um, came to them, I had this, I, what we call gut checks, like, mm -hmm. all right, you can get so zoned in on something yeah. that you go, 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 but you need to kind of come back from at a macro level and really look at it. Um, so I, through one of my gut checks, I just, I usually sleep on it. I woke up the next day and realized that I wanted to change one whole site <laughs> oh <my laughs> completely. Yep. Um, it just didn't feel right. I was pushing it. And so I talked with the, the center and they were on board with it. And so it's, it's also great to have a, a partner that's flexible in that way too. It's not like that with all projects and I understand that, uh, but that's what I think is another thing that makes lights really special. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And especially because just being like walking the trail, you're being present with your whole art right yeah. then and there even mm -hmm. before it's like created and you're you're letting your creative ideas come to you through nature and the imperfections in it and yeah and I think that that's something that I even when I'm placing specific objects like 
all of those 218, there are 18 large mushrooms, 218 <laughs> mushrooms, my little babies and then the big ones, uh, you know, those were all, I, I placed every single one intentionally. So uh, even the same thing with some of my other sculptures, if I see some interesting briars or vines, something that would maybe almost be irritating if you're hiking, if you're like, <laughs> but when you highlight it, you can really transform what it looks like and how that conversation takes place with the sculptures in the natural world. And I always feel like it's it's this collaborative endeavor. You know, it's not just the work. The work by itself isn't what makes that experience. It's the work and then the natural space and how they, they kind of converse. So I, I always find that special from start, from designing all the way through till I turn the lights off and, you know, on the 15th, so. Yeah. And that's coming up next week, right? Yes. <laughs> Actually, I think the day that it drops is the day that lights close. So oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Maybe next year, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what opens on the 19th, though? So I am also part of iHeartRail Trail Lights. Uh, it's a series of six installations, seven artists. One of the installations is actually a, an artist couple. Um, oh. Sharon Dahl and Chris Holston, they're amazing. Um, and the, I am doing uh, an install called Fairy Ring. And so that will actually, we start installing, ironically, Lights closes on February 15th. And I start installing on February 15th for oh. Fairy Ring. Same day. So that opens the 19th. It is in Southend at Atherton Mill on a grassy plot there. Um, and Fairy Ring is actually, I'm still on the mushroom train here, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm really enjoying exploring those forms and really just there's a lot of myth and history surrounding mm -hmm. this particular installation. So Fairy Ring is actually a naturally occurring circle of mushrooms that pops up in nature and they grow in a perfect circle. And there's a lot of folklore and mythology across multiple cultures um, around the world associated with the fairy ring. Um, some have a kind of spooky omen, they're called the witch's circle in some cultures, whereas in you know Celtic folklore, um, some were seen as a fertile, fer fertile environment or a portal to another time, and, or even just something as simple as where fairies might sit and have their lunch. Uh, but I, I really think it's interesting to focus again on that, the science behind them, which is really interesting and the root system that occurs. And that's mm -hmm. actually like the science reason that they pop up. And then also the like the mystical side of that and the connection between the two. I feel like you should be at the exhibit telling everyone that wants to take cool yeah. pictures in front of it, the <laughs> actual reason, yeah, the story yeah. behind yeah. it and the science. Yeah. Because, I mean, and it's really neat because with this particular design, there's a lot of story about, um, specifically in the folklore, about um, it either being a positive or negative experience stepping inside the circle. Okay. It's one or the other. So if you step into the circle, in one, in one particular myth, it might be that you know, you're dancing with fairies and it helps your fertility and all these great things, right? In another culture, uh, it might be that you you dance to the point of exhaustion and pass out. Like there's just there's a ton of yeah. of conflicting lore that I find really interesting. So of course I had to design in an entrance so that viewers can step into the circle. So yeah. it really is to me um, a contemporary take on that and us kind of creating our own story and experience within the circle um, that I find a little conceptually interesting as well. That's just crazy. got goosebumps. This is like, yeah, this is much more than just a painting on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Thank you. Which, I mean, paintings on the wall are cool too, and I know you do those as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I, it's funny though, even with my two-dimensional work, there's this, 
re- there's this repetitious thing that that occurs. It's almost it's it, it happens with my installations and my um, cut paper works where there's a lot of re- like repeating forms or repeating gesture to to arrive at like the overall finished work. And so you know whether it's 81 mushrooms or 81 tiny circular cuts to create this microscopic paper piece. Uh, there's still that process that happens within me that that it's just interesting how it can manifest in both forms, I suppose. Yeah, so. yeah. I love that. Um, so I was on your website and <laughs> I wanted to read something from your blog section, if that's okay. Yeah. Just because I found it super um, helpful, insightful. <laughs> yeah. um, it says, let me, let me find it. It's talking about, uh, I think, lights. It said... We are together when we support one another, when we serve, when we smile, when we wear a mask, when we stay home, and when we, t- when we take time to slow down for the sake of the greater good. And I feel like that just speaks, I mean, I know it was written in last year. Yeah, it was towards 20. the beginning of the pandemic, um, actually. So I, it is something that I, I'm, I try to reflect on that. Um, and I think that that's something, even just at a, lar- at a larger you know, point with the core of my work is about connection and connectivity. And what does that look like for us right now? Um, So I I think I did a lot of exploration when I was writing that. Um, It was specifically about creating a message for a community um, during this difficult time, which is still, you know, it's hard to believe it's it's been, you know, a year or so. Um, So I, I, but I think I try to live my life like that. Um, I think that's something that even with my process and my work, trying to get people to, to slow down and, and take an exhale. And I think that's even why a lot of times I don't put titles next to the installations. It really is a moment to be present. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, it's something that just, I try to live by that in general. And I think with everything that we're going through as a culture, it just, it's more weighted now for us to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that is something I think about, I mean, just with art in general, it's like, Especially you go to like a museum and you look at stuff, you kind of just like, you can stand in front of a painting and just stare at it for like 10 minutes and like trying to analyze and like, and it's open to so many interpretations, but it, I think the cool thing, especially like with the light exhibit, like, I mean, you're walking out there and you're just kind of soaking it. It's almost like an experience. Like, yeah. it, I don't know, it's the same kind of thing, but I just love how it meshes with the nature and like the imperfections match the imperfections in nature and everything. So I, yeah, I just, I think that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I tried to get that out there. Yeah, I know. I'm great. I'm grateful. I, that's you know, it's always really nice to have feedback because there are those moments where I, I try to approach it uh, so I don't overthink. Of I'm creating this as if no one will see it, and I need to be satisfied with the way that I I construct it and put it together, and without thinking too much about how it will be received. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is always nice after putting it in and installing and putting the work in to know that people are connecting with it. Um, I, I always get questions of like, well, what is the intention? Like, what do you want your viewers to experience? And, you know, there was a time where I, I thought heavily about that piece. And I think I'm moving away from that and more of, you know, this is their experience. And there's no way for me to try to dictate that at all. Um, I'm just as happy with someone that really connects on a scientific conceptual level as I am with someone that was like, well, I thought these were going to be Christmas lights, but they're really cool. But they're really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that to me, that's like the power of public art, Mm -hmm. right? It's not art for a certain group of people. It's art for everyone and and releasing that and um, making it for all ages and stages and backgrounds like that's that's amazing 
Yeah. And there's also that the little piece of you, you created it. It's your, it's your baby. <laughs> and then you're putting it out for everyone to see and critique. And like, is that not terrifying? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's super vulnerable. Um, I think that that's, that's an ongoing, um, that's an ongoing thing, I think, for artists. And yeah. I, I mean, I can only speak for me because I only know me inside <laughs> out. But, you know, it, it is a vulnerable space uh, to be in. And I think that's why I try to keep my mindset as I need to create this again, if no one else would look at it and I walk past something and it bothers me, then I'll fix it. I've had people be like, nobody's going to notice that. Don't worry about it. I'm like, but I will. But I know. So yeah. I so I try to create with that mindset. And then I think that helps ease potential anxiety about how will it be received. But yeah. I, I think there was definitely that, okay, from lights year one to year two specifically, mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, well, year one, people enjoyed it. Now, you know, do I have to one up myself? Like, how does that work? No, yeah. that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. It really is about an artistic journey. And so I played with the concept of growth over time and I'm growing and my work is growing and, and that's just what I can share. Yeah. yeah. And that's the cool thing about art too. It's like, I mean, you'll keep growing and there's no like end point. Right. Like it just keeps evolving your entire life. That's the goal, right? You don't, you know, I wouldn't want to, um, to put myself in a box. I want to do things that challenge me, scare me, uh, push me. And, you know, even with the rail trail project, that is, you know, it's, it's a different approach. It's a mm -hmm. different, um, you know, public landscape. So, you know, I went from, you know, doing a trail in the woods with trees to mm -hmm. something that is juxtaposed with a cityscape. And that's super different. And how will the light work with other light pollution and all these things that you explore. And um, that ex excites me. I think sometimes, you know, fear and excitement can feel the same. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I try to always identify that. I think most of the time, if it's a little bit, little bit nerve wracking and exciting, <laughs> then you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. It's when you don't have those nerves or you're not, you're not right. scared. That's like, you need to check yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. Then you're like, all right, am I in denial? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. this be, am I bored with this? Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Carson, do you have anything else? That was, that was great. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was awesome. It's so nice to meet you guys and of chat. Of course. You're welcome back anytime. Like, thank we you. love to chat. <laughs> thank you. Do you have anything else to add? No. Oh, well, I guess I could just say if you want to follow along, um, I'm on Instagram at Meredith, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H dot Connelly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can check us out on Instagram at the QCC or at spiraclebuzz.com. And if you have someone in the community you want to hear from, let us know. Drop us a line on Instagram. And as always, you've been listening to QCC. Thank <laughs> you.